Welcome to NextCast, where we take you on a thrilling journey into the heart of innovation, urban development, and the future of our bustling cities. I'm your host, Emilia, CEO of SwissNext in San Francisco, and this is the Metropolis season. Good afternoon, Arabelle. Hi, Emilia. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for Welcome inviting to this. me. We're very excited to have you and uh, thank you for accepting the invitation uh, at our um, podcast Next Cast, the anniversary session of Swiss Next. Um, let's start with the first question. Tell us who you are. So um, I'm first of all I'm thrilled to participate in this in this podcast. Um, so I am from uh, Geneva. I have a background in civil engineering, and uh, I worked a couple of years um, in industry in the construction sector. Um, and through these experiences, I developed a strong interest in sustainability in the built environment. And uh, this led me to my current position at ETH. Uh, at the Chair of Circular Engineering for Architecture, the CEA, headed by Catherine de Wolf. And um, so this is where I work now, and I work at the interface between uh, research, innovation, academia, and industry. And um, our activities focus on digital technologies for our circular economy in the construction sector. Okay. Um... Before going into your work, I'm just uh, curious to hear a little bit more about, uh, you, you mentioned Professor Catherine de Wolf, uh, who is a, a renowned expert also in this, in this area and yourself. So many women in the construction sectors, is this uh, a new trend? Uh, <laughs> is this a normality nowadays or uh, still a topic we need to, to address as well? It's uh, unfortunately not really a normality, I would say, even if it's uh, improving a lot. But um, in our work, we are at the interface between various disciplines, so architecture, engineering and computer science. Um, so maybe as we are linked to also the architecture environment, it is a bit more diverse. More diverse. Okay, thanks. Um, so tell us more about uh, your work at ETH. You started by um, telling us of the circular engineering for uh, architecture, about this, this center. What is it exactly? Because there are a lot of words in this, uh, in, in just in the name of the institute. Yes, so um, at the, the CEA, um, our research aims to contribute to moving away from a linear economy. So this, the, a linear economy follows a take-make-waste model, uh, which means that we first extract resources, then we um, produce building components that are built, and then when the building is no longer in use, it becomes uh, waste after it's being demolished. And uh, this model demonstrated its enormous impact on the environment. And this is why we want to shift to a um, circular model in construction. And so this can be done in different ways. So following um, the four main concepts or, or loops of circular economy, so there's the slowing loop where we use less uh, resources. 
Um, sorry, I start again. There's the slowing loop where we use resources longer, then uh, the narrowing loop where we use less resources, um, the regeneration loop where we want to restore and even improve natural processes through construction activity, and um, then the closing circular loop where uh, we want to reuse instead um, of uh, eliminate resources at the end of, uh, of their first life. So it's not, reuse is not only about uh, recycling, which is also great for resource conservation, but um, still requires energy and carbon in intensive uh, processes. So we really put uh, reuse at the center of our work. And um, it's a practice that is actually already applied. So for example, um, we can reuse doors or floorings or even uh, structural elements. Uh, from all buildings that are disassembled into new ones. But um, it's still a very big challenge to scale this practice because it requires um, completely new ways of functioning. So, for example, we need a lot of data on the building components and also it's a bit challenging because of the very long lifespan of buildings. So buildings usually last uh, 50 or even 100 years. So there's a, a, a big uncertainty on, on what's built. So we need mm -hmm. um, new ways of exchanging, of um, connecting supply and demand. And also a lot of logistics is uh, required. We need new ways of disassembling buildings. We can uh, no longer go with uh, the wrecking ball if we want to, to reuse elements. And... Um, so this creates a completely new part on the value chain of building components. Um, does, that, does that mean that um, yeah, you say we need new way, the wrecking ball is not a solution anymore? So it means that when we used to tear down a building, uh, it was, I mean, it is, it is a process now, but it's kind of an... Uh, I was about to say an easy process, which is probably not, but uh, your point is also to say that this disassembling the building, we really need a clearer process of knowing exactly what is in the building, what can be reused. So this, this type of things, that we have a clearer process, that it takes longer, that we really analyze the building before... Yes, exactly. Uh, before so the, if we want to reuse elements, we... we need to check uh, existing buildings that will be disassembled and first to assess what can be reused. Sometimes uh, we cannot reuse elements because of uh, various reasons. But then um, the construction methods applied uh, back then on buildings that we currently use um, we're usually not following the design for disassembly principles that we try to adopt now in new constructions. So it means that um, it's quite difficult to separate the elements from each other. So for example, if we, mm -hmm. if we want to separate a window from the wall, uh, sometimes it's glued, it's uh, not really possible to make a clear cut and to really separate these elements so that they can be both reused or reused in different projects and so on. Can I can I ask you one thing about the the difference because you you touched upon that just earlier but between 
recycling and reusing because when i hear uh you know when i when i hear well we we could we just take this window and we you know reusing it in another building so my my understanding mm -hmm. is not very different from recycling it somehow but it's it's not exactly the same or it's not exactly the same so if we consider a window for example um we can recycle the glass so we would break the glass in little pieces and then melt it again um, in order to produce a new window or a, a bottle. It can also be recycled into something else. Um, and this is a good way to preserve the resources, but um, it requires a lot of processes. And these processes also uh, are carbon intensive, um, need energy and so on. But if we, use, if we reuse the window, for example, we would take it as it is and place it in another building. And um, environmentally speaking, the footprint is much lower because it, it may need a little bit of transportation, maybe our remanufacturing, but we don't um, need to go all the way from extracting new resources, producing new elements and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, could you tell us more about the... So you, you talked about the general uh, work at ETH, but there is also a, a special project that you will present for the anniversary of, uh, of Swiss yeah. Next. Yes. Um, so in our group, um, our work is dedicated to actually developing new technologies um, are using existing digital technologies that um, are applied to the construction sector to actually facilitate the processes around uh, reuse. So, um, for example, to mention a few projects that my colleagues are working on, um, we, we work on digital technologies for uh, storage of information, for example, on these building components, or on digital um, methods to track and trace the elements between their different lives. Um, automated generation of uh, data sets on building components. And then um, the idea is that we can um, have information on a beam, for example, once uh, from when it's inside of a first building. Um, and then we can, for example, if it's reused, track it uh, throughout the phases, so transportation, storage, and so on. And then um, we can still access this information when it's in the new building, and we can also update them uh, digitally. Uh, so each each construction part is tracked from the beginning and then in the new building and then how it can be reused yes, at some exactly. point. This would be the idea that we can access yeah. very easily and digitally the information um, on these elements so that we can reuse them, so that we can also communicate between sellers and buyers uh, so that the construction companies knows um, what they will receive on site, for example. And these information mm -hmm. now are, are still um, not really available. And this makes the whole reuse process very complicated, actually. And it still requires a mm -hmm. lot of uh, 
human labor to and phone calls and uh, very complicated processes of course, that yeah. um, prevent the the scale of of the of this practice unfortunately so this okay and in your in your project instead of having uh Uh, because it's automated, so instead of having, you don't have someone going to a building that is going to tear down, saying, "Okay, there are like two beams," mm -hmm. and but you can. How, how does that so, work? So, um, you have a... in in our research group in general, we we work on um, the development of various technologies that can help um, all of the processes throughout the the value chain of reuse. So. The, the management of information is one part, for example, then we would have the tracking and tracing that can be also supported uh, digitally, for example, with uh, devices using uh, QR codes um, in order to keep track of, uh, of the elements. But then we also work on other types of technologies, for example, um, in order to understand what's inside of a building based on, on pictures or um, on other data sources. So we really investigate in parallel different of these technologies. Um, but this is where uh, my project um, comes to the game. So because we often notice that these technologies cannot really be um, adopted easily in the construction industry um, because They are based on new ways of functioning, new ways of exchanging information, of communicating. It also requires uh, a new expertise for circular construction. So there are many barriers. But also it's not only a matter of uh, technical issues. Um, the, the business opportunities, I would say, Um, haven't been clearly identified around circular uh, construction. Mm -hmm. So, for example, now it's still much more expensive to reuse elements um, than to buy the same ones but new. Um, and it also requires somehow business model innovation to understand how we can generate value for all of these actors. And there are other big issues, for example, also the, the legal aspect. So... Uh, For example, in mm -hmm. Europe or in Switzerland, there are reglementations on, on products where the product performances are, are documented in declarations for new products. But for reuse ones, um, this doesn't exist. And there is also a whole gray zone in, in the law. So no one really wants to take responsibility for, for it. So uh, for, yeah, yeah, for something that they haven't bought exactly, and that yeah. is not new. Because there is, of course, more a bigger so, risk. So yeah, in a nutshell, it's it's not only a technical issue, but it's really a transdisciplinary challenge that we want to address. And um, so in this project, we investigate how we can bring this trans transdisciplinary challenge um, in order to create a systemic change, because we feel like. Um, It's not only the adoption of one technology, but it's an entire systemic change that is required, boosted by digital technologies, mm -hmm. um, and that can be used across um, different functions and services, for example. So this is how we came up with this concept of a digital ecosystem for a circular construction. So 
the idea um, mm -hmm. of the digital ecosystem, it's, it's not only to create a platform to exchange goods and service, but it goes further. So, for example, one example of, um, of a digital ecosystem would be Apple. So Apple, they created an entire um, concept providing a structure where um, we can access apps uh, through various devices. Um, and in this structure, there are billions of users, millions of apps that are being uh, integrated and developed. And now every company feels like they have to be part of this ecosystem. So they work with developers that are not part of Apple, but external ones to create their apps so that they can also be connected to the users um, and okay. uh, to all stakeholders as part of a digital ecosystem. And this is also based on standardization mm -hmm. so that uh, we can access the, this Apple ecosystem with, uh, with an iPhone, with an iPad, with a watch, and so on. So this is an example of a new way to, to be connected mm -hmm. and uh, to enable all stakeholders to communicate together. Could we say that you would be something like a, 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 the, the, the Facebook of uh, construction? Where you could have uh, you could have Facebook Market as well. You could buy old beams that are not too far from when you want to do your construction, and and uh, and and then you could develop a new app on this exactly. construction this, Facebook. This is, uh, something this like this. Is the idea is this so that how we, we really develop a new digital ecosystem where, just Facebook, we can. Uh, communicate, exchange goods and services, have a marketplace, mm -hmm. um, but also use um, standardized um, methods uh, so that it works. Because if one person sells a beam, but only documents the, the weight and the next one needs the length of the beam, then we have a problem. Um, so this is why um, mm -hmm. in this ecosystem project, we also work uh, with many stakeholders from industry and research and from all of these disciplines together to first establish new foundations. So how can we create these standards um, for circular construction? Which data do we need um, to exchange goods and services, to um, transport reused elements, to uh, design a new building based on uh, elements that will be available for reuse and so on. So we want to establish mm -hmm. these new foundations and then um, we can build on top of that to develop new technologies, new business models, a legal framework and so on. Do, do you work uh, closely with yes, the industry? Yes, so in this project we have many industry partners. Um, and research partners because it's a, it's a mix of uh, various disciplines. And um, so we work in this project mostly with, uh, with the Swiss case. So we have uh, mostly Swiss uh, industry partners, um, also from different fields. So we work with, uh, with startups, with real estate owners, with consultants, with uh, construction companies and so on. So many different stakeholders um, of the construction industry, which makes it very interesting because we can actually 
represent the Swiss uh, value chain and uh, have these actors that contribute to uh, all parts of a building life cycle. And, and what is the feedback of the industry so far? Um, this is a good question. Difficult <laughs> <laughs> question. Um, many industry partners agree that um, we need more standardized ways of working together. There are, there's a lot of interest for circular construction and for reuse. Um, and there are many initiatives that are being developed, uh, but they are all quite isolated and they don't communicate with each other. And for example, in Switzerland, there are um, various marketplaces, online uh, marketplaces specialized on uh, reused elements, um, but they are not there. There's no way to um, access the information of, on all marketplaces at the same time. So, for example, mm -hmm. if you need uh, 50 doors for a new building, you, maybe you can check on one website if you can find uh, three of them. And in, on the next marketplace, maybe you would have five more and so on. So it, make, it makes the process also quite complicated. It works probably for um, for individuals. I'm I'm thinking of uh, uh, my dad who is uh, uh, doing a lot of okay. renovations for houses, <laughs> and uh, he he buys a lot on uh, like those mm -hmm. you know those websites, eBay, and something like that. But it's true that it's okay if you have one door. If you need fifty yeah, doors, if it's you more need complicated. Fifty doors, it's it's more complicated, but. Uh, there are also other uh, construction uh, companies or consultant companies specialize on that. And they developed actually a new uh, discipline that it's in, in German, it's called Bautaljäger. So it's a hunter for uh, building components. And now it, it became a job to really go uh, <laughs> and check buildings that will be disassembled in the near future. Um, in order to create a database and um, and or maybe directly to take some of the components and store them uh, for the buildings mm -hmm. that will be built also in the near future. So digitalization uh, destroys some jobs, but definitely creates <laughs> yeah, so new ones. This one. job for now is not really. <laughs> based on digital technologies, um, but we see the importance of, uh, of also digital technologies to really scale the process because this, this works for isolated projects or for a few projects or within a portfolio, for example. Um, but of course, if we manage to develop um, technologies that can um, directly do that, then um, it provides a lot more information so that every architect, every engineer, for example, can have a better idea on what could be available and integrate it in their project. What is the, the feedback of the architect for, to, your, to your so, project? I think the feedback is also quite positive. Um, many architects are really interested, but um, it's very difficult now in early phases, for example, to 
to be able to predict what's uh, going to be available. So for for the architecture discipline, I think it's uh, it's still a big challenge to to design a new building without knowing if we can reuse something or not. Um, there are examples where it worked well, um, but they probably have to face some uncertainty and uh, and then to design again and again and again based on what's there. And also in this... Do they like this? Do they like this? Because it's, um, it's a restriction somehow mm-hmm. to... And from, I mean, my ex-boyfriend was an architect. So, and... Uh, I think he wouldn't have had to be told which window he should use for this building. So I was wondering if you had this well, type of, of discussion. Well, of course, for the creativity, it's a, it's a barrier, but uh, you can also <laughs> see it as a constraint uh, where you build around it. So um, I think I've worked with architects that were really interested in that. And Probably for others, it's, uh, it makes less sense, but um, there are also different ways of applying uh, reuse in construction. You can, for example, show it very obviously in a building with uh, different windows, different doors that mm-hmm. have different sizes. But there are also examples of uh, buildings with reuse where you don't even see it because the elements have uh, standard sizes, they are painted again. For example, if you consider a steel structure, um, the, the steel profiles are very standardized, so you would not really know if they were reused or not. A lot. Mm-hmm. And could you um, talk to us a little bit about the field uh, in general, the field of circular construction? Is this is this booming? Is it something that is particular in Switzerland? It's um, uh, definitely booming, um, which is good, um, because the, the construction industry has such a big footprint, so we feel like uh, we really need new solutions now. It's, uh, it accounts for 40% of uh, CO2 emissions, for example, worldwide, and also a third of uh, resource extraction or waste generation, so, and even much more in Switzerland. Um, so there is a very urgent need for new solutions. And um, in the recent years or decades, there was a lot of effort to improve, for example, the, the energy efficiency of buildings and to reduce the heating demand and so on. And um, there are very good examples of that um, right now. But the problem we address with circular construction is really the so-called embodied energy. So the impact related to the building materials themselves. And for now, we don't really have uh, very good solutions for that. They are, of course, uh, materials that are better than others. Um, but still, every new building um, has a very, very big footprint. And uh, this is where we see circular construction as a solution for the future. So one solution, one aspect of circular construction is reuse, but there are also other aspects that um, target, for example, the flexibility of buildings so that they can be used uh, 
as well as an office building, but also as a housing building, um, so that they can stay much longer. Also flexibility inside of a building so that uh, you can create bigger or smaller apartments depending on the needs um, so that you don't need to demolish the building too early because a new one is required and so on. So there are different um, mm -hmm. ways of applying circular strategies to construction. And... If we if we zoom out from like the pure uh, project and construction now, and you know thinking about the future of cities in a in a broader concept uh, broader context, um, what would be your your vision of uh, of our future well, city? It's um, it's not an easy question. <laughs> because I think there's so much diversity <laughs> in urbanization, so um, it's difficult to, to generalize it. But uh, I think my, my wish would be that um, urbanizations can operate in greater harmony with, uh, with nature. And um, this is actually also the, the, the idea of the concept of regeneration, that is one of the four loops in circular economy. Um, where we can place nature at the center and uh, humans leave a, a positive impact on it through their activities. It can be related to the ways uh, to, for example, the use of bio-based materials, um, to the integration of vegetation into a building, also to, to the water use, um, of the building so that it has a positive effect on, for example, soils um, at the location of the building and so on. Mm -hmm. is, it, um, is it really possible to have, a, like, to close the loop in terms in term of resources? Um, is, is, it, is it really possible? In the Theory of, uh, of circular economy, yes, it is. Um, you can, the idea is that you reuse resources as long as possible, and then um, you give the biological waste back to, to the environment, and then it really creates a closed uh, system. But of course, in reality, uh, resource depletion is, is an issue, a very big one, and um, it requires a lot of, uh, of technical innovations, organizational change, so that uh, we can really close the systems. And uh, if we come back to mm -hmm. the utopia we were discussing, what do you see um, as one of the biggest challenge for you know this future city that you were describing? Well, I think a big challenge in general in the field of sustainability um, is to not adopt uh, this so-called carbon tunnel vision. Also, um, of course, environmental sustainability. It's very important and it's uh, urgent to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, 
but we also need social sustainability, economic sustainability, uh, also at the city scale, uh, so that we can really create systems that work and that um, bring well-being um, to all stakeholders. So I think this is a big issue because um, mm -hmm. nowadays we talk a lot about uh, CO2, uh, carbon emission, carbon um, or net zero neutrality strategies and so on. Uh, but sometimes we forget a bit about other global issues, um, about inequalities, about conflicts when we address the climate crisis. Um, so I think um, it's important to also keep this uh, very open general view on sustainability challenges. And um, maybe for, my, for you know, the people listening to uh, this podcast with your expertise, um, so what everyday change could people implement to contribute to a more sustainable urban future? For example, we can rethink ways of living a little bit. If we have, uh, I don't know, 10% less surface per person, uh, in theory, we could also reduce the amount of buildings drastically, and this would play a big difference. Um, so we can rethink how we would like to live. And also with the COVID crisis, it, uh, it showed a lot of uh, interest for alternative ways. Now we work from home, we, we use transportation less. There were like entire campuses that were left completely empty. A lot of urban space um, that could be used alternatively. And uh, so I think here there's a lot of potential that would actually induce minor changes to the way we live. Um, and I, I think it's tricky uh, for individuals to really know how to make the right decision sometimes. For example, uh, if you want to check a flight, how much um, greenhouse gas emissions it will induce, there are many calculators that are available online, but uh, you can really find huge ranges of values from simple to triple for the same flight. Um, and so it is very difficult mm -hmm. to know the impact of uh, individual decisions. So this is why I also sometimes understand that uh, we don't mm -hmm. all follow the right way because... Uh, if we cannot really measure it, uh, how can we manage it? <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, it's, it's not one tip, it's a, a full program yeah. that we have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Aravel. So we are about to close this uh, next cast edition with you, Aravel. Thank you so much for participating in this podcast. Thank you very much, Emilia, and uh, have a great day. Thank you, you too. Bye. This episode was part of the Metropolis season, where we celebrate Swissnacks in San Francisco's 20th anniversary. Find out more about the anniversary and upcoming events by Swissnacks in San Francisco in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode and see you at one of our upcoming events. <laughs>